the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. If you're a sailor on the, on the ocean somewhere, or actually any marine vessel, you understand that you can be helped quite a bit or hurt quite a bit by the wind. In fact, you will discover that the wind can work for you or the wind can work against you. And while there's certainly in life all of us think about and talk about at times what we would call winds of adversity, the things that blow against us that we have to sail against in our spiritual journey, I want to talk tonight about another kind of wind, not just the winds of adversity. All of us are familiar with that. But I want to talk to you about the winds of prosperity. You may have not thought about that before. Because as surely as there are winds of adversity, there are also winds of prosperity. There are winds of blessing that will come to your life as long as you're in the right position, in the right place, in the right attitude of life and attitude of perspective with God and in your relationships with other people. And so God wants to take some wind and he wants to move you forward. He wants to help your ship sail forward with some winds of blessing upon your life. It's quite interesting that the word wind in the Bible, uh, both in the Old Testament, the Hebrew of the Old Testament, and the Greek of the New Testament, the word that is translated for wind is the same word that's translated for spirit. Spirit, the Old Testament word is ruach, and that word is translated wind or spirit. And also in the New Testament, the word pneuma is translated either wind or spirit. And so there's a spiritual dimension to the wind. The very word itself helps us to understand that there is a spirit, if you will, and I'll outline this more this weekend, the spirit that controls us and directs us and guides us, and that, that wind that is controlling and directing and guiding your life is the wind of your life. Whatever your spirit is, or whatever is going on in your spirit, is like the wind. It's going to blow you in a certain direction. Anybody remember what we talked about last weekend? The handwriting on the wall, and we talked about the tide of pride and how the king Belshazzar experienced a fall in his life because of, and actually the removal of his kingship. In fact, uh, the Babylonian kingdom ended and the Persians began their rule because there was the tide of pride. And at this moment, I'm going to take you back to Daniel chapter 5, but I want you today, we're going to look at not just the handwriting on the wall, but I want you to see Daniel in the midst of this story, and I want you to see something about his spirit. Daniel chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit. What does he have? Spirit. The spirit of the now, the reason she said the holy God, she was a, she was a polytheistic person. She, did, she was not an understanding. She had no understanding of monotheism, the one and only God. And so all she can frame it in is the reference that she has in her own life. The spirit of the holy gods is in him. We know it was the Holy Spirit that was in him. 
In the, time of your fa- in the time of your father, he was found, that was his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar. He was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom of, like that of the gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the mus- magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belteshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for... Say that with me again. Call for who? Call for Daniel. That's a very important phrase. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. So the queen steps up to the king and says, King Belshazzar, I want you to know that your, your grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had an experience. He had a dream. No one could interpret it, but there was a guy that's in the, in the ro- royal administration now. His name is Daniel. You need to get this young man in here because he understands all kind of dreams. He has the spirit of God in him. He is able to interpret. Get him here, and he will help you to understand what the handwriting on the wall is all about. What I want you to see is that when they called for Daniel, they called for Daniel for one primary reason. What did he have? He had the spirit. spirit. There was something about Daniel's spirit. What's in your spirit? What's in your spirit? What is the spirit of your life and who is in control of the spirit of your life. What spirit do you give off when you are around people, when you walk into a room, when you engage in your work, whenever you do whatever you do, what kind of spirit do you have? Do you have a Daniel-like spirit? Daniel was the go-to guy. When everything, when nobody else could help, when no one else could figure it out, who did they call? Call for who? For Daniel. And because of the spirit in in him, it positioned him for promotion. It made him a leader. Again, he was the go-to guy. I want to tell you that the most limiting thing in your life or the most lifting thing in your life is your spirit. What will lift you to higher places in life or what will limit your life, will limit your potential. There are a lot of people whose potential is being limited because they don't understand or know how to deal with their own spirit. They don't have the right spirit. They don't keep their spirit in check. They let things happen in their spirit. They let bitterness occur in their spirit. They let offenses gather in their spirit. They let stuff get in their spirit and contaminate them internally. And when that occurs, I promise you, it's going to lower your rot, your life rather than lift your life. You can be as smart as a whip. You can be absolutely phenomenal in terms of gifting, but your spirit can destroy you. Your spirit can destroy you. And Daniel had the right spirit. I want to talk to us tonight about how to have the right spirit. Do you want to have the right spirit? Here's the first thing. Let me go to the next one here, Actually, we didn't get all these out, so let me get to the first point. Here we go. Read it with me. Be what? Be filled with? Be filled with God's Spirit. That's where everything begins. Everything begins with being filled with the Spirit of God. What What did the queen say to the king about Daniel? He has the spirit of the holy gods in him. Again, she didn't understand how to articulate it, but she's now communicating the best way she knows how. And so we know that to be the spirit of the living God. 
As we know God in Scripture, He is one but expressed in three persons. It's called the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Most of us understand something about God the Father. We understand, obviously, many things about God the Son, Jesus Christ coming from heaven to earth and giving his life on the cross for us, dying on that cross, being raised from the grave, his resurrection we celebrate. But we don't think very much about the, the Spirit. But God is three in one, one but three. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I want you to notice that this third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit, and he needs some attention. Because the Bible says one of the things that Daniel had was the Spirit of God was in him. And so you and I need to understand what does this mean for us. And I want to talk to you for a few moments about about the Holy Spirit. We talk about God the Father, and we pray to God the Father. We talk about Jesus the Son, and we we understand and celebrate and worship Him, but we need to understand something about the Holy Spirit. First of all, I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit is not an it. It's not a thing. The Holy Spirit is the third person of God. As surely as Jesus was represented in personhood of God, the Holy Spirit is the personhood of God. The way the Holy Spirit works and the way God works in lives is through His Holy Spirit. The way you became a Christian, the way you acknowledged Jesus as Lord of your life, as you heard the gospel of Christ being preached, and while the gospel of Christ was being preached about forgiveness of sin and what Jesus did for you on the cross, the Holy Spirit was working in your heart, helping you to understand how you needed this in your life. And so there's a cooperative unity of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. What made the difference in Daniel was that God's Spirit was inside of him. He had the right spirit, and that right spirit was the spirit of God. And let me remind you that if you've truly invited Jesus Christ into your life, listen closely, if you've truly invited Jesus Christ into your life, I want you to know that the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. It's not an it, a thing, a somewhere. No, the Holy Spirit has taken up residence inside of you. Let's look at some, some things about the Holy Spirit as Scripture teaches us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Do you not know? Paul is writing, by the way, to Christians. Do you not know? Don't you understand this? Do you not know? Have you not grasped this? That your bodies, that's your body, your physical body, are what? Temples or buildings, a place of worship is what a temple is, of the Holy Spirit you have received from God, you are not your own. And so I want to lay that foundation. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The right spirit is already in you. Okay? We don't have to wait to get the right spirit. As soon as you accept Jesus, the right spirit is in you. And who is the right spirit? The Holy Spirit. But it's not just enough to have received the Holy Spirit. I mean, you know that you can have someone in one corner of your life, but not have access to other parts of your life. You have a guest come to your house, you put them in the guest room, right? You don't expect them to be wandering all through the house, right? Well, because you're not giving them access, you're giving them, hey, you can stay in that room, that's your room, that's your bathroom, don't come to my bathroom, and don't come to my bedroom, and don't go to the refrigerator unless I invite you, okay? Okay. Right? 
You set limits. You can have someone in your house, but still set limits upon them in your house. Are they in you, if you will? Are they in your house? Yes, they're in your house, but you have limited the restrict. You place restrictions on them in your house. And so the Holy Spirit does not just want to be in your house. The Holy Spirit wants to take over your house. Okay. And that's what's called being filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's not just enough when you invite Jesus into your life. Yes, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. And yes, you have the Holy Spirit. But as a Christian, you want to move to that place of not just giving the Holy Spirit a little part of your life. Hey, you can have this room over here. No, you want and we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Notice what Matthew chapter 3 verse 11 says. In Matthew 3 verse 11, words of Jesus, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will, this is John the Baptist speaking of Jesus coming, he will do what? Baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a moment in time when you really surrender your life to God and invite him to come in and fill you to overflowing. That, that no longer are the rooms separated out. It's not your room here or your room. God, you can have that little part over here, but you've gotten to the place of saying, Lord, I'm asking you to fill up every room of my life. This is exactly what happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2 verse, verse 4. As the Holy Spirit comes into the upper room in Jerusalem, there are 120 believers that are in that room waiting for the filling of the Spirit of God. And the Bible says, as the Holy Spirit came in like a mighty rushing wind and set upon every head that was there that day with tongues of fire. And they were, and all of them were, what? What does it say there? They were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so there was a moment in time that was, they were already believers. Were they believers in Jesus? Oh, you better believe they were believers in Jesus. They, they, they'd actually uh, had had conversation with him before he was ascended back to the right hand of God the Father. But nevertheless, there was that moment that they said, now this is the filling of the Spirit of God. So there's a beginning point where the Holy Spirit brings you, introduces you to Jesus. He lives inside of you. Yes, he's there. There's a moment in time when you begin to open your life to the fullness of the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't stop there. Notice now in Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. The word that's used here for being filled with the Spirit is the, the phrase is written in the Greek language, keep on keeping on. Say it with me. Keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on being filled with the Holy Spirit. You, you know, here's the problem with us as Christians. We leak, right? Anybody got real filled with the Spirit on Sunday, but something happened on Monday, okay, right? Actually, sometimes it happens in the parking lot before you leave church, okay? Yeah. So you... This is very important. I want you to get this. This is extremely important, not only doctrine, but experience in your life. When you invite Jesus in your life, what happens? Who comes to live inside of you? The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you. Is that enough? No. There needs to be the seeking of God for the filling of the Holy Spirit. You know, that you're filled up. Lord, I want to be full. And then being filled with the Spirit, what do you want to keep on doing? Keep on keeping on being filled with the Spirit of God. That's a process in your life. Let's take a look at some things that are promised related to the Holy Spirit. But the advocate, these are the words of Jesus, John 14, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will do what? 
teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Here's what you need to understand. You can't understand this book without the Holy Spirit. You can't, okay? The best way to understand a book is know the author, correct? Okay? And the author of this book is the Holy Spirit. He inspired men to write these words that you find in the pages of Scripture. That's why when we come together and as we're hearing the Word of God preached or as you read your Bible, the Holy Spirit teaches you things. Have any of you ever been reading your Bible before and you saw something you didn't see before and it helps you understand something in your life? Was that because you were so smart that day? No, it's because the Holy Spirit showed you something that day that you needed to understand. Many of you have been sitting in a service like we are this this weekend and something that was said out of Scripture or a point that was being made, the Holy Spirit taught you something from that. And that's that's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. It's vital that we have the right spirit. And that right spirit as Daniel had, we see it, the spirit of God was in him. You might say, well, how does this work in my life? How can I get that, Pastor? Well, Jesus made it clear in Luke eleven thirteen. If you then, though you're evil, all of us are evil compared to God the Father, correct? If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more Will your Father in heaven do what? Give what? The Holy Spirit to those who are really good. No. To those who have a perfect record. Is that what it says? No. Aren't you glad it doesn't say that? Aren't you glad it doesn't say that? Okay. It's not about your performance because anything that comes to you from God, whatever comes to you from God, always comes by grace. We don't earn anything, okay? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who do what? Ask Him. I want to encourage you. What did I say as I began this message? Your spirit can lift you or your spirit can lower you. Your spirit will take you somewhere good or your spirit can take you to places bad. You need the right wind power in your life. And the right wind power starts with being filled with, controlled by the Spirit of God. And He will do it for you if you get on your knees and sincerely begin that. God, I'm asking you to fill me with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've been filled with the Holy Spirit in the past. God, I'm asking you to keep on keeping on me. I want a fresh filling. I want to make sure all the holes in my soul are plugged so that I'm not draining out, if you will, your presence and your work in my life. But you've got to ask him. By the way, this same phrase, as I mentioned a moment ago, for the uh, being filled with the Spirit, the same term in the Greek language is used here, keep on asking. Not because he doesn't want to respond. It's that you and I need to stay in that mode that we're always asking God for this freshness at work in our life. So the first thing, to have your when power the wind blowing you in the right direction. What do you need in your life? You need to be what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. Here's number two. I'll cover these fairly quickly. Number two, you've got to determine to grow. Real growth, listen to me, real growth requires this. You've got you to have determination. Because growth is hard. It's easy not to grow, Okay. But when it comes to spiritual growth and just growing as a person and growing in whatever responsibilities that God has given you to do, it's not easy. You've got to determine. You've got to make up your mind that this is what I'm going to do in my life. And one of the things that distinguished Daniel from all the others around him is that you see, if you study the story of Daniel, 
all the way through from chapter 1 to the end of the book, you'll see that Daniel was a growing... He's, he starts out good anyway in chapter 1, but he just gets better over time. He, he, just like, he just ages in such a beautiful way, and he's better and better and better over time because there's something in Daniel that is continuing to grow. From the moment that we're first introduced to Daniel, throughout the entire story of his life, you see that he, there's this continual growth, and you see this continual maturity that happens inside of him. I'm going to bring you to one of those the stories next week as we wrap up this series together. He grew in his relationship with God, no question about that. He grew in his character, certainly no question about that. He grew in wisdom. He grew in knowledge because, in fact, the further along he gets, he's helping kings and serving different people in great wisdom and great knowledge. He developed his skills, his relational skills, his, 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 his working skills. But I want you to know that if you want the wind of God and the wind of your life that leads you in a better way in your life, you've got to determine to grow. You've got to determine that I'm not going to stay the same. I want to give you one passage here in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. Notice what it says here, very vital phrase is that you don't want to miss. Let me stop here for a moment. Don't pay attention to me because I want you to have wind that blows you in the right direction. Amen? God wants to set your sails toward victory and blessing and success. You need the Spirit of God, but you've got to be a growing person. Okay? Look at what it says. For this very reason, Peter writes, applying all what? Applying all what? What is diligence? Diligence is hard work, okay? It's not easy to grow. For this very reason, applying, applying your diligence to the divine promises, make every effort in exercising, this is the amplified version, in exercising your faith to develop moral excellence, and in moral excellence, knowledge, insight, understanding, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, steadfastness, steadfastness is something a lot of people don't have. They can, be, they can be good for a while, but they don't stay with it. And in your steadfastness, godliness, and in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, develop Christian love that is learned to unselfishly love, seek the best for others, and do, do things for their benefit. Notice this last statement here. For as these qualities are yours and are, and are what? Could we add this word here? And are? Remember all that list of things he just talked about? Steadfastness and brotherly love and kindness and all those things. He says, for as these qualities are yours, as you possess them, but you don't just have them at a level, and they are what? They're increasing. And then we say here, and they amplified, in you as you grow towards spiritual maturity, they will keep you from being useless and unproductive. Please note that. They will keep you. Nobody wants to be useless and nobody really wants to be unproductive. But I promise you this, that if you're not growing at some point in time, you're going to be useless and you're going to be unproductive because the world around you, the needs around you will outsurpass where you are in your life. Okay? You can be a great a mom or dad when your kids are three, but you better grow some by the time they become a teenager. Because if you haven't grown any yourself by the time they become a teenager, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect, but you better get some new thinking because they're going to stretch you at a level uh, that you haven't been stretched at. I mean, three-year-old, you can tell them to go to their room, okay? 17-year-olds is a little harder to do, right? So you have to develop. So that's just an illustration. But what I want you to see is that it will make you either useful or useless 
uh, productive or non-productive in regard to the true knowledge and greater understanding of our Lord Jesus Christ. So what do you have to do? You've got to determine to grow. You gotta be a, that's why you need to be in classes. That's why I would really encourage you, if you haven't signed up yet, to be in Steps to Freedom, get, get signed up for that right away this year. It's a great thing to start with. Maybe you've never done something like that before. Get in a class, learn, grow, because it'll help you to be more useful to God and more productive. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.